Mm-hmm. I mean, I figured we'd have a lot to say, frankly, as the two of our friends who are the most, um, let's say, conspiracy theory inclined, <laughs> to, plugged into conspiracy. Yeah. I would say it's us. Yeah. Tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, an actual play. Wait, nope. <laughs> finally did it. It finally happened. It only took <clears throat> 11 episodes. A Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. Uh, I am your host, Brian. You can find me on the internet at Roomware Pod, and you can find the podcast also on the internet uh, at Gay Space Pod. Uh, with me, as always, is my good co host, August. Hello, I'm August. I appreciate that you say that I'm your good co-host and not your terrible co-host. Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at HarpyDora, and my pronouns are they, them. <laughs> it also implies there's a third host at the show. That we I mean, sometimes there are. Um, they, they, oh, no, they, I've implied that they're all bad, though, which is not true. <laughs> I've hoisted myself upon my own petard. Um, we don't have a guest this week. Uh, we kind of messed up scheduling a little bit, um, but we will have a guest next episode. We just had to kind of uh, rejigger those things. So uh, sorry about that misinformation two weeks in the past from this, this day. Uh, it's weird. Things change, huh? Time is time is a flat circle, I guess, or something. Wow. I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's a relevant <laughs> reference considering one of the episodes we're watching anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> numbers have no meaning. Um, oh my god. Uh, August, have you watched any cartoons? Uh, my mind is completely blank. Like, the past couple of weeks have been, like, a haze of horrific depression and getting readjusted to new depression meds. So, I feel like I've watched something, but I'll be damned if I could tell you what it is. That's fair. That happens. Um, I continue to watch new DuckTales. It's good. Uh, the most recent episode as of this recording uh, had young Della and Donald, and young Donald was like a Nirvana punk who kept singing songs about how much he hated Uncle Scrooge, and it was great. That's fantastic. Um, also, I wish technically this was later so I could go on a diet, like I could go on and on about uh, on Friday... Uh, Adventure Time Obsidian comes out, which is like the new Adventure Time special from HBO Max. Uh, was it Distant Lands? That's what it's called. Because uh, the f- this is the only the second one. The first one was BMO, which was good, but like, and I like BMO, and it was fine, but like, man, BMO, it was like 45 minutes long, and BMO ain't that much of a character. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're good, but... Um, this one is uh, heavily focused on uh, Marcy and Petey, so... 
so they're not like good. trying to walk back their relationship, right? I can't imagine so because uh, uh, Cartoon Networks slash HBO Max's Twitters have been all like hard eyes bubbling, like all in their promo material. Okay. Oh, also the song that they're using for it is "Gayer and Fuck." Uh, the song's okay. really good. I think it's called Monster. It's sang by um, Olivia, uh, Marceline's voice actress. I can't remember her name, but Olivia something. Uh, but the song is very good. That's I like good. It. Um, though, I, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, now that, like, I now that the, the problem is the series, the, their big gay series have ended. Uh, and so all of the artists that used to work for them have talked about the, the process of it. And I know that Cartoon Network vehemently opposed literally everything uh, the crew from Adventure Time and Rebecca Sugar wanted to do with their shows being queer. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this marketing feels real fucking hollow now that you know that it will sell. Like, like not that yeah. I not that I dislike uh, the the pairing of Bubbleine and, and, and like uh, like I like Bubblegum and um, Marceline. They're a cute couple. Uh, their evolution over the like those extremely slow burn over the course of the series, where we get a fucking uh, Korasami sort of last minute reveal, is what it is. You know, they did what they could. And I understand yeah. this is not a, a mark on the arts because obviously this is what they wanted for a long time in the show. Yeah. Uh, There's a difference between queer baiting and showrunners doing the best they can against like uh, the network higher ups. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's one of those things where we've now, I've now seen this from artists like three fucking times where it's like the crew over Adventure Time really wanted this thing with Marceline and uh, Bonnebel. And then. Just reading like the book for for you know Steven Universe and Rebecca Sugar having to like just be like the fr- frankly the the most stubborn I've ever seen one being like all right this is just how the show is gonna be and if you fucking hate it then you're gonna cancel it but this is just how the show is gonna be by the time they hit the wedding mm-hmm. um and then just uh like everything that went on with Shira and all the pushback and the way they kind of had to. You know, you had to they had to design the thing where the thing was so fundamental to the show that when it happened, there was no way for the the network to to poo poo it because it was built into the DNA. They just Mm -hmm. they knew they could get it past all the straights in the boardroom. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just have to wonder what this means for, like, the marketing of the Adventure Time thing in China, because that's something that's always listed as a huge stumbling block for including queer content in a mainstream setting is just like, Oh, but what will happen in China? That's our biggest market. We'll lose so much money. Well, they're not, they're not like, they don't kiss at all in this trailer. Now, given this is like a 45 minute episode, I don't know what the fuck actually happens on the episode. It hasn't come out yet. I'm not making any judgment. This is just yeah. based entirely on the marketing material. Um, but it doesn't it's not explicit about them being a couple in the trailer. So I guess they still have that plausible deniability because you could easily edit out like Marcy and Peebs at the end of mm-hmm. the last episode of Adventure Time. So 
Who knows? Not this guy. Um, I know. Have you ever seen the 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 Russian censorship of Ruby? I have heard of the, the Russian. The, yes, they with the Ruby mustache. A mustache. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Uh, yep. But I am excited about that. That comes out Friday, so I'll probably watch that. Also, yeah. I've been watching The Mandalorian. So. I have heard that The Mandalorian uh, has made some choices that I am extremely gay for. <laughs> yeah, Katie Sackoff's here, baby. Yes. Oh, my God. She, I can't believe they got her back to... Pl- like. They got Katie, like, them getting Katie Sackhoff makes sense. Katie Sackhoff ends up in every fucking sci-fi everything. Any, like, long-running sci-fi series, Katie Sackhoff eventually ends up playing a part in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that they got her back, and they got her back to play Bo-Katan, the character that she voiced in The Clone Wars, uh, blew my fucking mind. Also, Sasha Banks was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> lesser point she had like four lines but she was there so that was cool too yeah uh it makes me sad because i had real hope that they had cast sasha banks as sabine wren from rebels who might also make an appearance in the show uh but they name dropped ahsoka that's why i thought because at the you know whatever spoiler for rebels whatever fuck it um but sabine wren and, and ahsoka are like together at the uh the end of rebels like hunting for ezra so i was together kinda, or together just just uh just together as, as platonic friends i believe okay uh though you cannot convince me after watching the cut season or the final final season of the clone wars that was on disney plus that ahsoka was not supposed to date that weird girl from coruscant with the motorcycle mm. Like, that's the most flirty Ahsoka had been since that one boy. <clears throat> so. Fair. And she was no longer a Jedi at that point. So I, was, I could definitely see Ahsoka being like, you know, what? I'm not a fucking Jedi anymore. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> so. Good times. Star Wars doing good. Making that little baby eat a bunch of eggs. People got real bad about it. And I'm like, this is <laughs> hilarious. I love I hate people. They're great. Uh, did you see that tweet about Yoda being an apex predator? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> All food chains lead to Yoda. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Loved it. Alrighty. Well, I guess we should probably talk about our episodes this week. We probably should. Yep. Um... This week, we are covering episodes 31, 32, and 33, Keep Beach City Weird, Fusion Cuisine, and Garnet's Universe. Um, first up this week is Keep Beach City Weird. Uh, I'm trying to look at, like, who's who wrote things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one was written by Raven uh, Mullisey and Paul Villico, I believe. Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce those two names. Uh, the official synopsis. Steven gets caught up in Ronaldo's paranormal theories about the strange occurrences in Beach City. Yeah, sure. Um, synopsis. 
Uh, Pearl rushes out to the uh, beach house one morning in response to Stephen yelling, uh, and she finds Stephen is playing Stephen Tag with Garnet and Amethyst. Uh, Stephen Tag is basically, when Stephen tags one of the crystal gems, they must transform into Stephen. Um, Stephen tags Pearl, but she does not want to play this game. Uh, Amethyst threatens to kick into a new, more extreme Stephen Tag, uh, and then Garnet just fucking destroys her into the beach. It's so good. Um, uh, cut to Steven walking down the beach. He's uh, singing a little song about how he's not good at Steven Tag, even though he is, in fact, the titular Steven of it. Uh, when Ronaldo is like, hold up, this is a top secret area and only people with the best clearance can get in. And there's like a whole bunch of holes in the wall, the cliff face. And Steven's like, oh, my God. I need clearance. He's like, yes, you do. He's like, can I have clearance? He's like, yes, you can. And then put Steven uh, in some kind of protective gear of sandwich bags over his hands and his feet. Um, Ronaldo goes on to talk about the wall and a series of other weird occurrences in, um, in Beach City, like rocks spring up through the ground. Um... Uh, flowers on things uh do 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 uh, I'm trying to remember there was one more um no the, it was there was the hole in the wall the yeah. holes in the 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 cliff face there was the the rocks and there were the flowers and that was yeah, I, I guess that, that was, was it. it, yeah. Okay, um, uh, while he's doing this, Petey comes up and he's like, hey man, dad needs you at the shop. And Ronaldo's like, I'm saving the world here, bruh. Uh, cover for me. And Steven, er, and Petey's like, oh my god, okay, whatever. Uh, so Steven, very enamored by this, uh, is taken to be shown the air quotes truth um, by Ronaldo. Uh, he takes him up to the top of the lighthouse where he reveals his, you know, his titular conspiracy board with, you know, the strings and the bits of newspaper and everything uh, with a big uh, snake in the middle of it where Ronaldo basically goes on to say that multidimensional snake people or sneeple have taken over the world um, and are puppeting the government. You know, it's a conspiracy theory. You guys know what that is. Um Steven, freaked out by this, rushes back to tell the gems about this conspiracy theory, uh, where the gems are like, wait, we did literally all of those things. All of those things are us. And Steven's like, oh my god, all of those things are us. We're the weird thing in Beach City. And they're like, yeah, duh, look at us. <laughs> um, Steven goes outside to tell Ronaldo uh, about the, his discovery that he is, in fact, the cause of all the weirdness in Beach City. Uh, Ronaldo's taking casting of the crater left by Amethyst in the beach. Uh, Steven's like, listen, Ronaldo, me and the gems, we did all the weird stuff. And he's like, that can't possibly be true. If that's true, then, uh, the world is indifferent and cruel to my existence. And that can't be right. I'm important. <laughs> um, he's like, listen, this will reveal the true face of the conspiracy. And he pulls up the mold and it's in fact Steven, because Amethyst was Steven. Um... Ronaldo is heartbroken because the world does not, in fact, revolve around him in any way, shape, or form, um, and he he goes off. Uh, Steven, feeling bad about basically destroying Ronaldo's entire sense of self, is like, um, 
comes up with an idea and goes off to save Ronaldo. Uh, this is in, idea is basically Steven dressing up as a Sneeple, uh, Snurson, Snurson, uh, to uh, intimidate Ronaldo. He comes upon Ronaldo and Petey, Ronaldo, who's very depressed behind uh, the fry shack. Uh, Ronaldo is like, oh my god, a snake person, and then just knocks Steven the fuck out with a potato somehow. Uh, back at the lighthouse, Ronaldo has gone full fucking creeper mode, uh, is going to interrogate the Snurson. Uh, Petey is freaking out. Ronaldo is also kind of having a little bit of a freak out, and the gyms show up, and they're like, hey, listen, we know you kidnapped Steven, we're gonna fucking murder you. <laughs> um... Ronaldo is wearing chest armor, I think, is what that's supposed to be. Um, he's wearing a breastplate of some kind, engages the gyms in battle. Uh, finally, Steven escapes, explaining to Ronaldo, hey, listen, you fucking loser. Uh, all of these things are not real. You need to get with the fucking program. Ronaldo is having a bit of a breakdown. Steve, or Petey. Seeing this brother's having a hard time trying to get him kind of like back into the game by picking up all of his papers and kind of finding a new conspiracy wherein Ronaldo discovers that the true conspiracy are polymorphic sentient rocks um, uh, and that the diamond authority is going to come and hollow out the earth. Uh, the gyms and Steven and PD leave and they're like, um, is he going to be okay? And PD's like, sure, he'll be fine. Uh, and then Ronaldo screams about seeing the truth on his blog, Star Wipe the End. So. Oh boy. Oh boy, indeed. I have like, I have my notes, I have like one, two, three three notes before I'm like, you know what? This is just going to be a long talk, isn't it? Is what I wrote in my notes. And then after that, yeah. I wrote, check out the Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, before we get to Ronaldo, let, let's get some, some baseline notes out of the way. Steven Tag, great game. Garnet, it's so cute. Garnet's participating. Yeah. Um, way later in Steven Universe Future, we also get to see what Pearl Steven looks like. What? Actually, we get to see a lot of other kinds of Stevens. Uh, they're all introduced with like a Smash Brothers joined the fight animation. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. It, it is. It's pretty great. Um, also, also, oh yeah, go on. Garnet destroying animation. <laughs> that's what I literally wrote. Garnet just destroying motherfuckers. <laughs> I, I wrote Jesus Christ Garnet, but oh my god, Garnet just fucking spiking Amethyst into the beach again. This isn't even the first time this has happened. Uh, no, it's not. She just beats, the, like, I guess, like, I don't know if the gyms can feel, but it seems to be, uh, uh, they're very wishy-washy on whether the gyms feel pain or not. Yeah. <laughs> um... Or maybe Amethyst just doesn't care. Uh, but it's it's always fun to just see Amethyst or uh, Garnet just like, just like, just fucking throw Amethyst somewhere. Oh my god, yeah, it's very good. I, I really enjoy the cadence of their relationship. It's mwah. It's so good. Mm -hmm. uh, wearing sandwich bags to protect you from the outside world is a 2020 look. 
Oh, God. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. And that's basically where my notes end. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to see. Um, the only... The only thing that's not necessarily related to Ronaldo and Steven's interactions with Ronaldo that I have is uh, about Pearl and her uh, little monologue there. Oh, yeah, Just, that was also... It's it's interesting. I, I was going to kind of wrap that into, into like, the long discussion because, like, the show obviously understands that Ronaldo's behavior is is bad. I think. I mean, you don't write that um, monologue without realizing conspiracy theories are not good. Uh, yeah, but the... I don't think they take uh, them seriously, necessarily. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's the way that they get treated that leads me... Okay, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, yep. we'll get there. Mm-hmm. So, actually, no. So, my next note after Jesus Christ Garnet is, oh no, this conspiracy stuff is... Uh, not great in this day and age. No. Oh my god. Okay, so like there were <clears throat> always there've always been conspiracy theorists and many of them have been domestic terrorists and cultists, but I don't think and this is something that, you know, I've just been Uh, listening to a couple of different podcasts about, like, Scientology and QAnon, Mm -hmm. and it's just, like, in this particular cultural moment, like, conspiracy conspiracy theorists have not had as much sway as they do right now in very real and very frightening ways. Like, this is obviously an episode that happens before QAnon, before Pizzagate, uh, before the year 2020 in general, or before the presidency of Donald Trump. Yeah, but I mean, like, some of the stuff that, like, went into creating these things were already pieces on the board. Like, right. he still had, like, 2chan and 4chan. I don't remember when 8chan hit the scene, but I'm pretty sure 8chan was there. Uh, you already had, like, the the slash P-O-L board, slash B, that kind of thing. Like, right. It, but, yeah. Yeah, just all the, chain all the started pieces one were there. year before this, like, almost to the day. Yeah, and that's because 4chan kicked most of the pedos out, so yeah. they needed somewhere to go. Anyway, um, uh, just, yeah, I mean... It's definitely a pre a pre twenty sixteen thing, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that the ingredients weren't already there swirling around in the pot. It's true, but, but the knowledge of what 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 these sort of forces were capable of was not nearly as like mainstream or in the public consciousness either. Because like true. I know about, I think it's about this time where like. Anonymous is just like black boxing or like um like black faxing all of the fucking like the Scientology headquarters or something like that, right? Is that about the mm-hmm. time that that Anon like decided, ah yes, we hate Scientology this week? 
Yeah, I think so. And like I know, so it, it. I remember that getting some press, but I don't think he got like all. I I don't think the idea of that like th- that became the kind of I guess the coming out party. I think for like anonymous and like the mainstream view is when they took on something more mainstream than them. Um, yeah, but I don't think even then. I mean, as a person who is v- very much like aware of all of these things happening on the like shithole parts of the internet um i don't necessarily i would i would have been like thinking that the i like these conceptualizations of like building these conspiracies would be weaponized to the degree that they have been in it, it like after the 2016 election yeah no um, you're you're right on that like um, the the idea that there are like big brick buildings in Russia being that are essentially like right wing meme factories uh, would sound like something Oof. I made up as a joke in 2014. Oof. Oof. I mean, it still sounds like so much conspiracy theory word salad, but the bullshit part of living in like the world we do today is it's true. And that's the stupid part. That is so frustrating. Like, we should not be able to say that there are brick-and-mortar Russian meme content farms that are fueling the alt-right and, like, have that be true. That's so stupid. I hate this. The thing is, it's it's just, like, an evolution of, like, like, the things that are happening here are the people who... the, The people that Ronaldo is designed to make fun of because those people did exist like people who believed that like because there are i i do i do want to say that it's pretty pretty funny for a a a show with a showrunner who is definitely a jewish person uh doing a reptile like a reptilian yeah (laughs) yeah if if i did not know that rebecca sugar were jewish and just trying to take the piss out of lizard people i would have been deeply uncomfortable with the sneeple thing right but the fact that it's it, it adds a it adds a decided layer of humor if you know what's actually going on yes um yes <laughs> also sneeple is just after this episode came out sneeple was a word that like we all like me and uh me and my ex used all the time about shit we talked oh, about the man. snakes all the time <laughs> God, Sneeple is such a good meme, though. It's like true. that, it's so good. Um, but yeah, it's just oh my god, this does not. And this is something that like Shannon kind of brought up in the Discord, and it was something that I'd already been planning on talking about because of just the way that like our culture as the audience changes, even though the uh, uh, the piece of media remains the same and so that changes completely how the piece of media lands and this is one of those things where it's like it you know it does not land very well in this day and age at all no like i can see it uh, i can see it several years ago being really funny and cute but right now it's just like oh Oh no! Oh no! This is really, really uncomfortable. Right, and it's it, it it's interesting because it's 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 not necessarily. I, I guess the thing is to understand uh, to people who are listening to the show who aren't at who don't follow the weird psyops parts of the alt right. 
uh, or not even, they're not even the alt-right. So, around 2015, 2016, uh, primarily centered around the presidential election in the United States, uh, though it was happening before this, just, it, that was sort of the perfect storm of shit. Like, the the right-wing agitators that exist in, in places like 4chan and 8chan and 2chan, um, and on various number of private Discord servers, um, and also in Russian psyops groups, like, figured out how to weaponize not even propagate, like, not to weaponize propaganda, to weaponize the idea of a meme, um, and turn that into basically the biggest psyops program I think the West has ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, that makes me sound like I've put on my tinfoil hat, uh, but that no, is what happened. There was a fucking congressional investigation about this. Yeah, and it's like, it's actually very interesting. I have a friend who um, who deals a lot with, like, philosophy and uh, technology um, and, like, the intersection of those and ethics and the concept of magic. And, like, the way that, the, the way that memes got weaponized uh, bears a large resemblance to the modern-day practice of chaos magic as appropriative as chaos magic can be, um, it still has a lot of parallels there with the way that the symbols of the meme language were appro appropriated and uh, turned into a means of uh, recruitment. Um, and it's it's just it's absolutely fascinating. And well, it also like, it looks the way that the alt right approaches its recruitment through like being young and hip being very technologically savvy knowing how to like use media and pop culture to to twist at underlying tensions inside of things it, it feels like it's pulled out of straight up fucking the cia's playbook from the goddamn 70s uh, the, the reason for that is because, because it's the same playbook because yeah. it is yeah like that is literally the basis for a lot of this. <laughs> right, exactly. It's just, but it, it's, it is just like watching, uh, just uh, the biggest coup get pulled off, like by oh God, fuckers it's... on 4chan. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Probably better than the CIA did it, frankly. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, like the the whole point is like this is this is not this an is episode like that some... gets made now. No, uh, and like it hits in a way different way because like now now unfortunately I liked Ronaldo as a character. Ronaldo is a character who is kind of shitty and never honestly gets better, but is funny in his shittiness, right? But now I can't think of Ronaldo without thinking of Ronaldo posting like racist memes on 4chan on poll like <laughs> they've yeah, ruined ronaldo for me yeah it's it it's bad um like ronaldo like, is jerking off to anime titties and talking about like the master race on 4chan and that's all he does now yeah yeah and i mean like uh 
just like the whole don't get hung up on facts. It's like that's that's like a really real legitimate argument that people will use to cling to have used their have used ideology the, have used in the last two months of my life on national television. Yeah. yeah. And it's it it's like people people still used them back then, but it was a less mainstream thing to see and now it's just like it's all over the place and like there are so many contributing factors like the the concept of a deep fake does not help uh the way that the idea of fake news has been propagated uh does not help right and i would in fact say that like the you know the the ways that those things have been used were explicitly meant to make it easier for people to be able to say, you know, don't get hung up on the facts, but it's just, oh my God, it's, I do wonder this if this isn't you, good. I do wonder if you do this episode now, it like a, somehow uh, a producer or a showrunner or somebody green lights it, uh, I guess probably because they've stapled their hand to the desk and they're in too much pain to realize what's coming across. Um, Because <laughs> I feel like that's the only way that you get this greenlit today. Um, I wonder if you rejigger the episode or if you rejigger kind of the uh, the the conceit of it as opposed to like be Ronaldo being this kind of lone conspiratorial figure. There is some sort of like figure Ronaldo is following like a person pulling the strings who is obviously lying for their own gain which is mm-hmm. what a vast majority of these conspiracies are are just grifts um if you look at the president of the United States who is currently pretend doing a, a pretend coup to get money from his his followers to pay off it massive debts that his campaign had I- I do not want to say it's a pretend coup because that is not giving enough credit to not necessarily the ringleader, but the the people who are on the ground. True. Like, I I do not want to underestimate anything that's going on politically right now. That's fair. But, uh, but a lot of it's a grift. It's always been a yeah. grift. Like, you get the power so you can get money and fame and the power like they the people at the top of this thing don't fucking believe the shit they say they'll just yeah. say anything to keep the thing going yeah and i mean you can see that right now with just like the latest q drops too it's just yeah. like it, but, it is, i mean it is is to the point where a lot like looking at the latest q drops and people being in the threads being like this is like, now you're getting desperate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when the assholes on 4chan are calling you out. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I did, uh, I did write, please don't encourage Ronaldo. We don't want Aranon. <laughs> um. Oh my god, that's the most cursed thing. And I might make it the episode of the title of the episode. <laughs> God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you got to Um, learn exactly how uh, 
exactly what kind of shit August and I like to follow on the internet recreationally. Yeah. <laughs> Listener. Um, <laughs> but, um, welcome to the welcome to Brian and Brian and August taking the mask off and showing what their real politics are. Yeah. Um but circling back around to this, <laughs> might this be is the a fir- really good We might be the first Steven Universe uh podcast to get investigated by the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. This is a good time to circle back around to Pearl's point because you're right. Like, the fact that Pearl makes the point about, like, the reason people get into conspiracy theories is to feel like they have some sort of control over something that is inherently uncontrollable or to have some sort of insight into things that are inherently unpredictable, you know, the show understands what causes people to cling to conspiracy theories. Right. But the way that it's framed is also very dismissive. And I think if you were to make this episode now. You don't have that level of dismissive. Like, I don't think you this can't. episode ends with Ronald, with everybody just kind of placating Ronaldo again. Yes. That. That's absolutely the thing that sat the worst with me mm-hmm. is not, you know, it, it's it sucks that Ronaldo like had his heart broken, but you cannot foster that kind of toxicity because it will come back and bite you. Right, um, exactly. Like fucking today, Ronaldo be- believes the Sneeple are real. Uh, three yes. years from now, uh, Ronaldo is wearing a fucking Hawaiian shirt with tack vest over it. And storming fish stew pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. I feel like Kofi could take him. I feel like I feel like Nanafwa could. could take yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I cannot not believe that Nanafwa has not done done and seen some shit. She absolutely has. Like, you hear those stories on, like, the internet about, like, you know, old ladies in nursing homes talking to, to people who come in and being like, oh, yeah, I killed my my husband in 42. You'll never find the body. That's Nanafwa. Yeah, that's Nanafwa. Nanafwa is the lady who, like, runs a bodega and you come in, you pull a gun in her face and she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, child? <laughs> that's not a gun. This is God, a gun. Yeah, she just pulls out a bigger gun. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I love her. She's great. Oh, I, I almost spoiled the thing that's great about Nanofoa later in the series. <laughs> Thank you for not spoiling it. Um, all right. So what was that about a less than an hour recording, Brian? Uh, I mean, we could probably still get through <laughs> it. Um, oh, God, it's, I didn't realize we'd already gone 45 minutes. An hour? <laughs> wow. Oh, the old two things, apparently, I'm going to have to add another thing to the list. So, Pearl's trauma, Amethyst and Pearl's relationship, Sadie and Lars, conspiracy theories. Those are our four talking <laughs> points from now on. Um, yep. All right. I probably need to take, the, the, I need to take the tinfoil hat off. It's interfering with my signal. So, uh, do you have anything yeah. left with this episode? No, that was, we... I mean, I had, like, bullet points, but ultimately, like, it just Mm -hmm. contributed to that discussion that we had. Like, it all comes down to this episode could not 
be made today. No, it could not be. And I honestly, I don't hold it against the the, the writers of this episode because <clears throat> no, the way the world curved in that sense, I don't think anyone could have made that prediction. Now, given even then, it was probably not a great idea to like paint people exhibiting this behavior as air quotes harmless because even then they mm-hmm. were not harmless we had had examples but never examples as egregious or as in your face and laid plain as they are now yeah um also on a lighter note there is a keep beach city weird blog uh, dear, dear listener, it's keepbeachcityweird.tumblr.com, and this is a real official blog, uh, ran by the show. Uh, also, we found out that Ronaldo uses Bitcoin, uh, which makes sense, frankly. Yeah. Man, if fucking Ronaldo was using Bitcoin in 2014, he would do, be doing pretty okay now, frankly. Oof. Yep. <laughs> so. Plenty of money to buy those body pillows. Hell Yeah. How I think at some point we see that Ronaldo has a vinyl statue of a uh, koala princess. Uh, oh, boy. oh, by the way, there's a there's an image of koala princess that's on this blog. Oh, my God, it is. It is great. <laughs> I'm going to send it to you right now. Um, OK. Because this is because koala princess is a thing he talks about regularly on this show. Because uh, this is like a favorite anime. Oh my god! <laughs> the Crooniverse knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, that is just oh my god the the Ur Moe princess <laughs> character. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a cute little Tumblr to read through. Uh, be careful going there because there's spoilers if you haven't seen the rest of the show. Um, yeah, that's why I haven't looked at it. Yeah. Uh, I could send you just a link to the page one of the show, uh, of the blog. Yeah. So, because, uh, like, it started slightly before this episode came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it started the first time Ronaldo mentioned the the thing on on the on the actual show. But anyways, apparently he did not like Dog Copter 3. Rude. I know, right? I, he does. He seems like the kind of person who would complain about not being like the book. Yeah. Uh, so Ronaldo's canceled. I guess that's what we figured out. Yeah. Things we've canceled. Ronaldo is the only one. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, moving on to the next episode. Episode 32, Fusion Cuisine. Uh, it was written by... Uh, uh, Lamar Adams and storyboarded by Helen Joe. Um, let's see. Official synopsis. In an effort to win over Connie's parents, Stephen convinces the gems to fuse together to pretend to be his mother. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, episode starts out with Stephen and Connie. They're watching their favorite show, Under the Knife. Connie exclaims about how much she loves this show and thanks Stephen for letting her come over and watch it. Stephen asks, why does Connie have to come over to watch it? Uh, and Connie says that her mom doesn't uh, like her to watch the show because it doesn't represent a real emergency room. Uh, just then, her mom calls. Uh, 
Connie is kind of talking to her mother, explaining to where she is, and then uh, Connie's mom asks to, to speak to Stephen's mom. Stephen's like, oh, that's going to be hard. What with my mom transforming into me? And Connie's like, I can't tell that to my mom. <laughs> Um, so they run downstairs where Garnet is sitting and they ask Garnet to pretend to be Stephen's mom. Uh, Garnet picks up the phone, uh, tells, um, uh, Connie's mother that the children are playing with, are playing swords. No, wait, they're playing with swords. Oh God, one of them's bleeding. They're dead. Goodbye. Don't call back. Uh, Garnet panicked. Uh, she says and hands the phone back to Connie. Uh, the look on Connie and Steven's faces pretty much tells you exactly how they feel about the situation. Uh, the next day, Connie and Steven are talking on the phone, uh, and Connie is going to miss the mid-season pre-finale of Under the Knife uh, because her mother is upset at uh, Steven's air quote mother and uh, won't let her come back over until uh, they meet Steven's parents. Um, Steven's like, well, I guess I'll just make a reservation at Fish Stew Pizza for the gyms and my dad. Connie's like, you can't do that. I told your uh, you're my mom that you had like a kind of like a regular nuclear family of like a mother, a father and one and or more children. And Stephen's like, but that's not true. <laughs> uh, she's like, Stephen, we have to do this. Otherwise, my uh, mom won't maybe won't ever let me see you again. Uh, so Stephen, I guess, tells this to the gems and in, in Greg, uh, who. Uh. Greg gets puts on a turtleneck, but with his cutoff shorts, peak look. Uh, and Stephen goes through listing the qualities of the gems, determining which one of them will be mom, uh, the er mom, the mom, Mister Mom of them all, uh, and goes through and she he lists the qualities. Um, none of them are quite perfect, but then uh, Stephen realizes after Greg says put uh, a line about putting their heads together that the gems can in fact fused together the gems are resistant to this at the beginning but then steven basically uh pouts and puts on puppy dog eyes and they crumble immediately so at the uh dinner connie's parents are sitting there they're very upset because uh greg and steven and a special guest uh <laughs> are 20 minutes late and then thundering into scene comes greg and steven riding on alexandrite the fusion between all three gems is shoulders alexandrite is like 20 feet tall, probably tallish. She's like 40 feet tall. Um, she's got six arms, two mouths, sunglasses. She's a big old lady. Uh, and the, Connie's parents are like, uh, holy shit. What the fuck is this? And Greg's like, haha, this is me and my wife. <laughs> uh, so dinner <laughs> is weird. Uh, Connie's parents keep trying to ask how like details about greg and his air quotes wife uh steven keeps it butting in with more fantastical things while connie is like oh my god steven shut the fuck up for like four seconds um finally uh after uh alexanderite makes a comment about how much she hates doctors to dr mahesh warren uh connie's like i need to be excused steven show me where the bathroom is um and they they kind of skip off uh, Connie's like, oh my god, this is going terrible, and Steven's like, I don't know, I think it's going pretty good. Uh, Connie is getting upset when Steven realize, like, she's like, we have to convince my parents of this. Steven at this point realizes that Connie's still wearing her glasses, um, and accuses Connie of lying to her parents because she's ashamed of 
her relationship and of Steven. Um, she's like, no, forget about it, and kind of storms back out there where she uh, kind of tries to, like, salvage the lie. Um, during this, Alexandrite tries to eat a shrimp, but because of Pearl's aversion to food, uh, it becomes this whole struggle until Steven assures Alexandrite that she does not have to eat. Um, but the damage to the, the fusion is done uh, as the gems kind of come apart. Uh, there is a lot of shit at this point going down. All of the gems are yelling and yelling and bickering at each other. Connie's parents have realized that the jig is up. Um, and Connie's mother is very harsh to Connie, which causes Connie to become upset and run away. Steven runs after her. Uh, they're standing at the edge of the road and Connie's like, I just, I'm not ashamed of you. I'm just afraid if I told my mom the truth that she wouldn't let me hang out with you. Um, and Steven's like, I just wish there was a way we didn't have to deal with this. And Connie's like, why don't we run away? And then conveniently a bus come, pulls up at that exact moment and they get on the bus and drive the fuck away. Um, while on the bus. Like you do. Yeah, exactly. When you're fucking, what, 13 and 12. Um, they are on the bus uh, talking about how I guess they're going to live on their own. Steven's very uh, all about apples. Uh, Connie asks about it. And then uh, they are realize they're being chased by Alexandrite. Alexandrite is very mad that Steven ran away. Picks up the bus and is like, come out of there, this instant young man. And he's like, I can't, you're holding the bus up. Um, fast forward to Connie's parents yelling at Connie. And then the gems yelling at Steven being like, hey, you can't do that. That's not okay. Uh, what if you got hurt? What if you ran into the cops? You could have gotten really, like, shit could have gone really, really bad. Um, and they punish Steven, initially taking away his privileges to food for a thousand years. Uh, Pearl realizing that Steven needs food to live is like, no, we're just going to take away your TV privileges for a thousand years. Um, Steven is very upset, but Connie's parents realize in this that the gyms are in fact responsible parents and do allow um, Connie to continue hanging out with Steven. Steven hugs Connie. He's so happy. Uh, Connie's dad is like, get apart, you two. Star wipe the end. So, oh boy, who oh boy again? Um, I okay. First off, note one, cute. Connie and Steven continue yes. to be the cutest. Yes, I love how much of a fangirl Connie is, and she's just like so unashamed of liking things. Right, and this like just, the little animation of her just like yelling into the bed, which is like just a thing yes. that I've definitely done, like because I'm excited about yeah. the thing. <laughs> like their ability to do these interesting little things with their with their animation of giving these very realistic, very relatable actions to characters who are decidedly not drawn realistically, you know, um, but it makes them endearing and relatable, and I really enjoy it. Um, do, do, hold on a second. I'm unspoiling about a thousand things so I can keep them in my head here. Um, also, this brought back visceral, visceral, like kid vibes of me watching ER. <laughs> because about this age, I watched a lot of ER. Uh, yeah, I, which is really weird. I remember that. Uh, 
I remember ER. I remember my parents really liked Chicago Hope, too. See, I watched ER on reruns on TNT. Um, and I think I've seen every episode of ER. Uh, and it's just like... Huh. Yeah, I may have seen every episode of ER now that I think about it. It's one of those weird shows that I've probably seen every episode of. My brother and I just watched the holy shit out of ER. Um, it may, in retrospect, I may have liked ER so much because it had, like, the the two shows that I latched onto at that age um, that were on constant reruns were Buffy the Vampire Slayer and ER, both of which had gays on them. <laughs> so, mm. uh, so, you know. Uh, there's that, I guess. Also, one had George yeah. Clooney, which was probably good um, at the time. Like, young George Clooney. <laughs> uh, so that was good. Um, but yeah, it's just weird that, like, weird medical soap opera is, is the thing that these kids are watching, you know? Yeah. Uh, it just it makes me feel as though the people of the Crooniverse had roughly a similar child experience as I did. Yeah, I mean, that would track, I think. Yeah, because we've got to be about the same age. Yeah. Um. So, so I just re- that, that was just like brought back some visceral uh watching reruns on television vibes. Yeah. Um. My next goat, uh, next goat. <laughs> next My next goat? note. <laughs> I don't Is know. Is that what you guys call bullet points over on Equestria Gaze? <laughs> Jesus. Um, it, it is now. My next, my next note is I fucking love Garnet. Uh, the way that Garnet panics is fantastic. It, it is um, really good. I had a couple of notes before that. A, why does Connie have a fucking flip phone? It's because her parents are the, the bad, pa- are, are like the mean parents. And obviously she would have a flip phone, right? Uh, um, they're not bad. They're just, they're mean in this particular scene. Um, mm-hmm. We get more of, like, as... Connie's parents become more on screen. Obviously, they become more nuanced because that's how this show does things. Um, but obviously, like, I mean, right now, based on based on this episode, it's because they're controlling. Yes, but that is you know that is decidedly a thing. But it becomes addressed eventually in the show. Um, and I wrote here uh, in Connie voice. Oh, Stephen's parents? They're uh, well, they're gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyways yes uh garnet's panic is fucking the best <laughs> yes estelle oh is gosh. so good she is the best and i love her i love the way that garnet's just like very calmly and collectedly saying i panicked <laughs> oh no the children they're dead don't ever call back <laughs> yeah Ah. Uh. So good. So I had a Does I had a weird nitpick at the end of that scene. What the fuck was that weird, very cartoony sound effect? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. I don't remember. So so um, when Garnet's like, "I'm sorry, I panicked," and hands the phone back to Stephen Connie, there's like a womp womp sort of like sound effect. Uh, and it was super weird to me. Yeah, I don't remember that. Okay, I, I but it may just have stuck out just to me because I watched it. This yeah. is like the third time I watched the episode because I watched them a billion times in a row. So, 
Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that like it isn't there or weird. I just didn't notice That's it. That's fair. But uh, what were you going to say? Um, doesn't Connie go on to like start sword fighting? Yes. Later? Yes, she does. She doesn't. Well, okay. Based on the fact that you've told me that, like, she does stuff in Steven Universe future, I'm assuming that she does not die while sword fighting. No, the so show's not going to murder complete. a child, August. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. Um, well, they're not going to murder Connie. Okay. <laughs> that actually makes me feel worse because now I know they are going to murder a child. Um. um. I think, I don't know if the person who dies is legally a child. That's even, that's Brian! <laughs> uh, so just sit with that for actual years until we get to it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Brian. Uh, actually, we okay. should start blazing through seasons once we get out of this season, because all the seasons are way shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only going to be like eight episode, eight to nine episodes per season after we get out of this one. Uh, how weird is that going to be? Wow. Um, what the fuck yeah, kind so, of cake is Steven making? Well, actually, wait. Okay, I'm so sorry. Yes. Connie, Connie, why are you lying about the nuclear family thing? Like... Like, there are plenty of valid family configurations that are not weird and, you know, appear in different cultures. So it's like, why why did you automatically go to a nuclear family for this? It's interesting. Like, because it, it decidedly paints Connie's parents as, like, very, obviously they're, they're, they're controlling and far more conservative than the parent parental units that we've seen so far in the gyms and Greg, you know? Yeah. Um, now given you could tell the gyms, a family is anything and they'll believe you because they don't understand humans, but you could, you could say uh, a family was any sort of setup to Greg who does know what (laughs) human families typically look like. And he'll be like, cool, chill, whatever. Um, Greg doesn't care. Uh, Greg fucked a rock. He doesn't give a shit anymore. Uh, (laughs) Well, I'm not even I'm not even talking about like, you know, a bunch of people found family style thing. I'm just talking about like it. There are in cultures that are not like, you know, uh, white European uh, North American style cultures. Like it's completely reasonable for a family unit to be things other than just uh two spouses and potential children like you know it's reasonable for extended family to live with you and like why is it so shameful that steven's mom is dead yeah exactly like everybody in beach city knows that steven's mom is dead you know no one cares yeah like we never see anyone in beach city be like oh poor steven uh you know they're like well this kid's doing well enough we guess he never goes to He's school, but maybe yet. none of the other children do. Who knows? This is Beach City. It's anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, 
I think it, it's to, to I, I I think it's more to inform us about Connie's parents or what Connie's perception of her parents are, you know, because yeah. I honestly don't think like if she had told her parents like, oh, Stephen lives with his his aunts and his dad. Right. Like, I understand Connie not being yeah. like Stephen is half an alien, lives with three alien lesbians and his fucking burnout dad. Right. Um, yeah. But being like Stephen's aunts and his dad, no, no one's going to be weirded out by that. You know, like they'll be like, oh, what yeah. happened to his mom? Oh, she died. Oh, well, that's sad. <laughs> you know, yeah. Then they're not going to bring it up at fucking dinner because no one does that. <laughs> but I think yeah. it's more of that, like that fear you have as a kid of like if this. Because your parents have already shown, obviously, Connie's parents have probably previously shown uh, an aversion to things that are, air quote, different or outside of the norm. You know, Connie has a regimented schedule, goes to tennis practice, violin practice, is expected to probably make straight A's in her classes, does a lot of study, that sort of thing, right? And Stephen represents all of the fun and interesting and like in actually enriching parts of her 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 life right now which she feels that her parents look down upon and so she molded steven's family to match what she thinks her parents would be most amiable to uh which is not right and i don't necessarily think that the mahesh warren's would if explained Stephen's family situation would be uh like counter to it but that's what Connie thinks of as having parents who are like that you know mm-hmm. as a person who lied a lot to his mom like you know <laughs> uh I I know where Connie's logic is here is her logic correct no but she's also fucking 12 you know yeah like Sometimes yeah. you lie to your parents when you think that they're going to react to some like because your parents have reacted to so many small things you, when something big happens that is even remotely outside of the norm you become scared that they're going to react poorly to it to it even if it's not that big a deal because they've reacted to things that aren't big deals before. Mm-hmm. Like Connie's lie people don't lie to their parents when they trust their parents. Exhibit A, Connie and Mahesh Warren. Exhibit B, Steven Universe. Because <laughs> Steven doesn't understand uh, yeah. lying to his parents at all. This boy don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, What the fuck is that cake that Steven's making? Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Steven's making a cheesecake and thinks that cheesecake involves putting cheese puffs on a cake. Does it now? Do, do we have to do that now? Hey, Babish, Binging with Babish, who I know <laughs> listens to this podcast, whose name is not Binging with Babish, Andrew Ray, Sola, uh, both of you. Oh, my God. Uh, you're together. You're on this. Not together. You know what I mean? You guys are business partners now. Uh, so and I obviously Andrew's playing this while you guys are filming filming uh, shows. Uh, hi, I, they're they're big fans. Everybody, we know it's fine. We're gonna uh-huh. keep it on low. Uh, make this Steven Universe cheesecake, Andrew. You coward! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Brian! <laughs> it could be. You know oh what? It could God. be good because, like, 
I don't know. Cheese it puffs depends are, on the frosting you right, use. Right, right. But you use like a cream cheese frosting with a little bit of an orange mm-hmm. tint. But like it's like a cr- mm-hmm. not like just a cream cheese frosting, like one that has like a solid tang to it, like a cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you put cheese puffs on it for some reason, which I don't think would be that offensive to the cake. Yeah, I don't think it would be terrible. I don't think it would be great, but I don't think it would be terrible. Uh, if you go to our, like, if you if you w- want to give us money, I'll make this cake and we'll eat it. <laughs> but only for money. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise I would just make a normal cake. And by I'll make this cake, I'll get Anya to make this cake. Because Anya can bake and I can't. <laughs> they sure can. <laughs> um... My next note was, "Oh, Stephen thinks they're all cool. What a good boy!" It's true. He it, like, I my note was like, Stephen doesn't know what lying to his parents is even a little bit. He loves all of his parents, and he thinks that they're all they're great, so good. And that's oh, I, that's so wholesome. I'm sorry. My next note here is, "Stop the show. It's time to rank the moms." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad that Steven went through and basically ranked them in the same way that we would. Yeah, although, like, I do find it a little, like, I don't know, not irritating, maybe maybe distressing Mm -hmm. that, like, Pearl hates to eat, and she's the super skinny one, and Amethyst loves to eat, and she is clearly very thick. Yeah, though... Um, Garnet is also very thick. Yes. But, like, specifically, they're drawing attention to Amethyst, I will literally eat anything you put in my mouth, versus Pearl. Right. And, like, the dichotomy between their character designs is very interesting, and I don't think it was necessarily intentional. because no, it's definitely like, not intentional, because this is the first time Pearl ever mentions not wanting to eat food, and previously it said that she enjoyed eating pie. So, yeah. obviously, this is just a decision they made in the moment. Um, yeah. It's just unfortunate yeah. and, you know, leaves me, like, a little distressed. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's, like, it's almost certainly not done, like, with malice or anything. Especially the way that the show has been treating its characters of all body types. Right. At this point, they, they've, they've shown enough that they've earned sort of a benefit of a doubt of... This is just kind of yeah. a misstep in what they were thinking. Like, they were like, wouldn't it yeah. be funny if Alexandrite had to go to dinner, but half of Ale- like one third of Alexandrite hated food and the other third loved food? Which is yeah. fundamentally no. a great idea. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> um, oh, Jesus, the way that Pearl explains eating at the end of the Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's so good. Um, it's so good. Um, and it, I don't, they don't show it as like a compulsion. Like she's really grossed out by food, which makes sense because she's not a being that care, should care about food, you know? Like, um, yeah, I'm glad it, it doesn't necessarily come off as an eating disorder vibe to me. They're just like, yeah, she thinks food's weird. She also thinks a lot of other human shit is weird, you know? Yeah. Cause like. Both Pearl and Amethyst seem to have a fundamental misunderstanding of what food is, just on different ends of the scale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, also, why not just take Pearl? <laughs> yeah, you can just be like... Oh, I'm not hungry. Y- Thank you. Th- this, Yeah, this could have been resolved by, oh, I have some food allergies. I ate before we came. 
Boom. But, you know, I that's not... Stephen doesn't know how to lie to parents. Yeah. And so it would never occur to Stephen. It would never occur to Pearl. And, like, Greg's Greg. Yeah. So, so I believe we have to talk about also, Greg in this situation. Otherwise, Shannon will throttle me. Well, I mean, I would... I, I kind of want to talk about Greg in this situation anyway, because why are you going along with this, Greg? Uh, what the fuck? You're the human adult in the room. You're the one who knows about the human social norms surrounding this. So why aren't you saying anything? This is your responsibility. <laughs> like, you were so hot to trot to exercise your parental rights, like, two episodes ago. What the hell, Greg? I Three episodes. Yeah. I I mean, Greg is definitely not, in, like, he's uncomfortable with this situation, too. Uh, like, I, he's not enthusiastic about it. But I think it also has to do with, like, Steven's worried that he's not going to get to see his friend anymore. The gym, mm-hmm. the gym's obviously crumble anytime Steven puts pouty face on. Um, yeah. Greg probably, to some degree, does as well. Uh, Steven kind of gets to do whatever he wants, you know? Uh, for better or yeah. worse, that that's that that's decidedly how these parental units in his life function. Um, but uh, I think it also has to do with like in Steven Universe Future, we travel to like Greg's trial childhood home, and we get to see his parents who had, were had very strict had a very strict upbringing of greg as well uh i say this because i mm-hmm. don't feel like this is necessarily a spoiler just sort of informs the character also we're like three years away from that being a thing so fuck it <laughs> yeah i'll probably forget by then <laughs> yeah, anyway exactly. um and so i feel like this is maybe greg reacting to that too like seeing himself in this situation and what he you know it's one of those things where it's like well my parents were really strict and mean and i wish i would have would have had some like cool parent in the situation to have helped me out with my friends you know Mm -hmm. so i think there's part of that uh there's there's part of that there too um also you know just the plot doesn't happen (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well so yeah. like because if well, they bring attention to it like then you're thinking about it you know then they have to figure out a way to resolve it well a different plot would have happened yeah. it still could have been very interesting like i would have loved uh to see just like pearl trying to pretend to be greg's wife like just that alone would have been a fucking plus but um anyway uh but yeah, we had a lot of conversation My, about this on our Discord link in the description below, uh, particularly between like Philo and uh, like Shannon talking to, talking up a storm about this. And yeah, and oh my gosh, like Shannon brought up some really good po- points about like Greg being the adult in the room and being, uh, you know, being you know being like. Hey, Steven's mom's dead. He's a little embarrassed. So I think the kids tried to hide it. I'd love to meet you. Connie seems like a great kid. And, you know, that, Mm -hmm. again, the, they would have had to find a different plot for the episode, but I don't know. I still think the, the main arc of the episode could have worked where it's like, you know, maybe Greg failing to pass muster until, uh, Steven and Connie try to run off and he puts the foot put his foot puts his foot down with Steven yeah. 
kind of thing, but... the I think the thing is that that paints the Maheshwars as, like, way bigger assholes. Uh, I mean, they're already big. They, do they don't not... come off great in this episode to begin with. No. Um, Mm-mm. But I think... Because, uh, like, right now they're coming off as, like, asshole-controlling parents. Uh, like... No, right now they're coming off as Connie's mother is emotionally abusive. Yeah. Like, flat out, she has said some shit that, like, that is emotionally abusive and seriously, seriously, like, I am very, very upset about the end of the episode and the way Connie's mom is just like, oh, yeah, I like to use this manipulation tactic to get my child to do what I want. Like, Fuck off, bitch. Yeah. For realsies. Um like this is this is seriously like the most upset I've been about like legitimately I feel angry and like I'm I'm just like this is not okay. This is bullshit. Like, who thought this was okay? Who thought this was okay to put in a light where it makes it sound like this is funny? Yeah, that's very fair. Uh, I think, like, I think it's an offhanded joke that wasn't is made by a person who didn't didn't necessarily have those experiences as a child. Um, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But uh, we so over on Equestria Gaze, weirdly, we talk about like child abuse and shit quite frequently. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's something that ends up at the top of my mind a lot when I'm watching both of these shows and like this is just I'm sorry that we ended up jumping to my last note no worries. Um, but this is just this is not okay this is clearly something that was done by somebody who does not understand how viscerally painful and upsetting that kind of attitude can be and that is why like I have I have in my mind a very particular view of this family now, specifically of Connie's mother, because of those comments. And I like I don't know if I'm supposed to not trust her at this point, or if I'm supposed to just say, oh, haha, she's just a strict person, but she means well. It's like there's there's no coming back from that. I don't this is not a character I can care about or trust anymore. Like, it's just, I can't do it. Let's go back to something that's fun, which is Alexandrite, like, walking up to the dinner, mm-hmm. just the stomping in the distance, getting closer and closer. Just, I, I, the, uh, okay, I had the word, uh, for that, mm-hmm. but then uh, Greg referred to her as this massive drink of water, and it's just like mood, Greg. <laughs> Greg just tried to be like, just like Shannon mentioned that this is basically the plot of the bird cage, and it is the plot of the bird cage. <laughs> um, and s- I have never seen that. You movie. haven't seen that movie? That movie is pretty funny. Um. So the the basic plot is that um, okay, hold on a second. I'll have to look at the name of the actor real quick. Uh, 
no, no, the birdcage. No, not a parakeet birdcage. Oh my god, Google. <laughs> Wasn't Robin Williams yes. in it? Um. Yeah. So so uh, basically, the idea is that like the the son of Robin Williams, uh, Robin Williams playing like a gay man in this. Um, is getting married to this lady who has like very conservative Republican pa- um, Republican parents. Um, Republican dad being played by Gene Hackman, the like er Republican. Uh, <laughs> but Robin Williams is a very flamboyant gay man married to Nathan Lane. Um, and uh, they are hilarious. To- Nathan Lane and Robin Williams just bouncing off of each other is very fun. Uh, but when the the conservative parents come over, Nathan Lane basically pretends to be uh, Robin Williams's wife, and it- hilarity ensues. Oh my god! Because I think they run a drag club, anyways. So mm-hmm. it you know it's um, I th- it, it's it's a lot and. I haven't watched the movie in a long time. It may be fucked. <laughs> this is not me rubber stamping the birdcage, but it is the same plot. Fair. Um, and I do remember it being funny, but that was a long time ago. And it may just be funny because Nathan Lane and Steven, or and not Steven Universe, Jesus, Nathan Lane and Robin Williams <laughs> are funny together. Um, so, uh, but yeah. Uh, Alexandrite eating things is hilarious. Oh, God, yes. Uh, I don't know why they're, like, Steven's very into apples this week. I mean, like, his logic is sound. She has a lot of arms. That's a lot of arms to pick a lot of apples. Look how big she is. She's got this. She's got this. She's the ultimate apple picker, frankly. Yeah. Um, Although maybe he should have picked a fruit that is more traditionally harvested by hand, because I'm pretty sure apples are harvested by machines. I mean, probably. I think they just shake the tree. Yeah, I think they do, too. It could be some kind of artisanal Um, apple. They do live up in New England, so. (laughs) That's true. Which we got confirmed by Ronaldo's blog, where he talked about putting Old Bay on everything. Oh, my God. (laughs) Thank you for confirming that, Ronaldo. They live in whatever weird, weird version of New England. Also, going back slightly, I don't understand. I need to figure out what the lore. I forgot that the lore is that the snake is like the the animal of the United States in this universe. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyways. um, Let's see. Uh, Let me pull up my notes here. Uh, The the, uh, way that... uh amethyst like tries to rest rest control of the alexandrite's body so she can eat the shrimpy <laughs> is uh kind of horrifying but i'm I, yeah it. i like that amethyst um, is it has control of a separate mouth on alexandrite yes oh my god it's so good it's so uh, good i like how their face the way this face splits apart like it's made out of clay mm-hmm. Ugh. Oh, it's so good. I fucking oh, love I'll, it. Also, special shout out to Connie's adorable outfit. Uh, I didn't notice her outfit. Oh, it's super cute. 
I was I was distracted by a very large it's woman. Fair. It's fair. Connie's wearing like uh like pants and like a puffy kind of eighties jacket. Aw, cute. Yeah, it's cute. Um, yo, fuck doctors. <laughs> I hate doctors. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, Connie being a little like I I realize it's like Connie being nervous and lashing out and everything like that. Um, but it's, it's an interesting sort of conclusion for Steven to come to because he doesn't realize he would, A, Steven puts the, the, the blame for everything on himself. So of course Steven would think that Connie would be mm-hmm. ashamed of him, you know? Um, yeah. But also, you know, uh, it, it shows like a very tint, t- tense and terse kind of interaction with the, between them, which is nice. Um, yeah. It's nice to see that like just like anybody they can have disagreements and misunderstandings they're not just like these perfect friends who get along forever um why does that bus just let two children on i I mean i guess it's i mean why would you not let two children on as long as they have money i guess that's just you know how public transportation works um yeah and i mean it's entirely possible that's like a semi-local bus like Maybe it's going to the next town over, or maybe it's going back to the boardwalk or something. Like, it's entirely probable that it's just regularly used by locals in general. Yeah, so, for all, it could just like be one of those weird, tra- like, tram systems you find in, like, tourist towns that just take tourists' places. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> then that bus driver is attacked by a 40-foot woman <laughs> with six arms. Yeah. Lucky asshole. God. Um... <laughs> God, uh, I like the bit about Stephen is it is going to lose food privileges for a thousand years. Jesus, yeah, that was that was very mm-hmm. cute. I I like how, in some ways, the gems continue to demonstrate their lack of understanding of like humans, human physiology, and that kind right. of thing. Um, it's just you know. Obviously, they would never actually harm Steven, but it's one of those things where it's just like, what's something that humans like? Humans like food. You don't get food for a thousand years. <laughs> uh, and then, like, Pearl being, like, more reasonable. No, you're going to lose TV privileges for a thousand years. Yes. Oh Which my is God. interesting. We will see going forward that Steven does stop watching television for a period of time. Like, in yeah. the show. Like, Stephen is grounded from television for a long time. Uh, and he takes up reading a lot. He starts reading books more often. Okay. Uh, this will lead to a very adorable episode between he and Connie. Aww. Um, so, that that's good. Um, let's see. Uh, Garnet with the moral of 2020. <laughs> All comedy is derived from fear. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, feeling that today. Oh my god. Yeah. Um I also do love the leave like the leave room for, for Jesus between the two of them at the end there. Connie. Yes, that was Connie with the most anime looking face of getting hugged by Steven. Which that was very I like cute. that the, like a lot of other shows would would not have flipped at these gender roles of like the chaste excited hug from the boy, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
It's very Did you good. notice the name of the the So looking at the restaurant. Let me look at the fucking picture of the restaurant. It's right. No, no. So the name of the restaurant Isn't it like the Crab no, Shack? No, it's or not something? the Crab Shack. It's Crab the Shack. Is what the sign said when they were getting on the bus. Oh, jeez. Uh, and I can't find a screenshot of it. I may have to take the screenshot myself. Um, but it definitely oh, here it is. Yeah, it's called Crab the Shack. <laughs> oh my god. Um, with a very cute yeah, crab. Yeah, I just saw crab and I just saw crab and the and shack and just put it together in the order I thought it was supposed to be. I guess. Here's a nice wallpaper for your phone I just sent you. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the art in the episodes continues to be great. Um, it's just nothing. Like, this oh, yeah. background shot is beautiful, frankly. The, this, like, random shot of the crab the shack I just sent to August is is beautiful. It's a great painting. Like, it, it, it conveys so much, like, vibe and emotion. Um the color, the use of color is delightful. It captures like a, te- like it captures a little town like this, like a restaurant that would be in a little town like this. Uh, like we have restaurants kind of like this, not obviously on, you know, uh, the ocean, but like on the river here, like and it has that vibe to it. Yeah. Show show still great to look at. Also still fun to watch. Just has some it's having some issues. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to revisit the thing at the okay. end. So, well, we I feel like we've litigated um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anything else not related to that as we move on? Uh no, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, moving on to episode thirty-three, Garnet's Universe. A uh, much less. I don't even, I hardly have any notes for this one. <laughs> um. This one was written by uh, Joe Johnston, which I imagine is a different Joe Johnston than, like, the recording artist. Mm-hmm. Um, Although with Steven Universe, you can never tell. Uh, God, this synopsis. Prepare yourself for this. Steven imagines okay. what Garnet does with her day. <laughs> I mean, okay, technically. Technically okay. not wrong. Like. That is that is technically not wrong, but at the same time, I feel like that misses like the entire point of the episode. You could you could add <laughs> some more to that. There's room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, the synopsis people do not get paid by the word. Oh boy. Um. All right. So. The episode starts with Garnet arriving back at the temple uh, with an unknown gem bubbled up. Um, and she hears Stephen shuffling around and laughing, and she's kind of playing into it when suddenly Stephen drops from the rafter and, quote, Stephen bombs her um, and asks Garnet what she did with her day. Garnet asks him to tell her what he thinks that she did with his day. Stephen's eyes light up, and Stephen begins telling a fantastical little story uh, about Garnet. Uh, she's in the woods. She meets, um, she's going through the woods, and she meets uh, a frog named Hopper uh, and a rabbit named Hoppy. Uh, they are basically little anime characters who are Garnet's friends, and they're like, Garnet, what are you doing here? Um, uh, Hopper is a samurai rabbit, uh, 
no, Hoppy is a samurai rabbit. Hopper is some kind of space frog. We'll get to what they are actually here in a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Garnet's like, I'm searching for a gem artifact. Uh, I have to get back to my favorite person in the world. Steven, she holds out a picture of Steven. It's Steven. Steven's her favorite person in the world in this, in this, in this, uh, in this story. Also, maybe really. Um, I would mm-hmm. not doubt that that is, in fact, a true statement about Garnet. Um, so uh, they uh, begin traveling, uh, looking for this gem artifact when they find a uh, beat-up man named Ringo, who's Ronaldo, which is with weird hair, Um Ringo tells the story of uh, how he was the caretaker for a shrine that held a powerful gem, uh, but one day a fox man came, uh, stole the gem, gained its power, and beat the shit out of Ringo, kicked his kicked his ass off the fucking mountain. And he's like, I need help. I need strong people to help me take back the, the shrine. And Garnet's like, we will help you, Ringo, and I will take the gem artifact. He's like, cool, I don't give a shit. I just want my shrine. Um, so they travel up the mountain. To where they uh, face the, f- the the fox man, who's just this big jacked fucking anime fox man. Um, he is... Uh, he basically he gets into a fight with Garnet. Um, they... Uh, they trade blows, but Garnet is not powerful enough, and the fox man knocks her uh, off the mountain... Uh, Garnet's like, I must become more powerful. Hoppy, the samurai rabbit's like, hell yeah, training time. So they begin training, meditating under a waterfall. Uh, Garnet uh, makes her gloves real big and begins kind of training with the gloves, but th- as weights. Uh, but they're 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 too much for Garnet, uh, and she kind of falls back. And Hoppy, yeah yeah, Hoppy, I keep getting their names mixed up. Uh, comes up and is like, Garnet, you've got to remember what you're fighting for. And Garnet's like, I do have to remember what I'm fighting for. And she, like, thinks about Steven, and she becomes filled with the power of love, and she's, like, punching, and Hopper's like, oh my god, her power level. Um, so they head back up the mountain after Garnet's leveled up, and she just, like, handily kicks Foxman's ass, punches him in the stomach, and is like, you need to give us back the 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 gem the power that you stole and he's like i didn't steal the power i'm the actual guardian of the of the shrine what did that liar tell you and so ringo steals the gem takes the power of the gem uh, turns the fox man into an onion ring uh and uh garnet's like i will defeat you ringo and ringer is like haha no fucking way uh, and takes them to the ring dimension is that what it's called ringo zone the ringo yes. zone um in this, uh, Garnet, uh, takes off her weighted hair, <laughs> um, uh, and begins to fight Ultimate Ringo. Uh, they have a whole lot of fight till Ultimate Ringo knocks her down, and she's like, I'm sorry, Steven, I wasn't strong enough. And then Ringo turns the photo into an onion ring and eats it. This causes Garnet to go fucking Super Saiyan. I mean this in a literal sense this time around. I say that a lot, but I mean this literally. She goes Super Saiyan um, and kicks the shit out of Ringo. Uh, they return the... Uh, they basically... They, they uh, save the Fox Man. Garnet takes the gym. She heads back to the temple where Steven dropped on top of her and covered her eyes and everything. Um, 
And Steven's like, and that's what you did in the day. And Garnet's like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Steven's like, eyes go all star. And he's like, really? And she's like, no. Uh, And then it just cuts to black the end. This is the first episode without a star wipe. Of some kind. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So nothing, no, from what I can tell, my future knowledge, nothing plot relevant happens in this entire episode. And that's okay. Yeah, it's. Mm -hmm. It's a really cute episode. I I deeply enjoyed this. I enjoyed this look into how Steven perceives mm-hmm. Garnet. Um and what he thinks is important and cool about her and what he thinks that she values or perhaps what he hopes that she values. I think he's right. I think that Steven is probably her favorite person yeah. and that she loves him very yeah, much. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that honestly. Like who who honestly greg is a distant second (laughs) yeah i don't even know if garnet cares about greg (laughs) yeah i think the only reason garnet gives a shit about greg is because steven gives a shit Mm -hmm. about greg um uh the beginning of this is super cute Uh, garnet uh, like i like that garnet even if uh she couldn't hear steven giggling obviously like has future vision knows where steven is is just Mm -hmm. playing along yeah it's it's so cute i love how she's like oh no tiny hands my one weakness like it's just it's adorable she i don't know i can't help but kind of think of like uh uh like lions and their cubs and how sometimes lions will pretend to be injured to like boost their cubs confidence when doing hunting play like you know, it's it's purely about letting Steven have his fun and letting him feel accomplished. Right, exactly. Like, it's probably why she's but why she so asks cute. him to begin with. Like, hey, tell me, like, just letting him have fun and do a thing. Because she knows he loves to tell stories and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. I love the art style change for when Steven is narrating what he thinks her day was like. Yeah, it's very, it's interesting because they kind of adopt a similar art style for the video games. It's kind of a mix between, like, the the art style that they use for, like, when a shot is far away and this, um, the, like, Save the Light games. Mm-hmm. Right? Let me look at the Save the Light game so I I'm, I'm know what I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah, it's got kind of the same vibe. The eyes are a little bit different. But, uh, well, guard, it's almost exactly the same. <laughs> I forgot that our Garnet doesn't have eyes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they have the weird swirly eyes, but Garnet doesn't because Garnet doesn't have eyes. Um, but yeah, so yeah, they, they kind of use the same, the same general art style for their video game, which is fun. Yeah, that's cool. Um, did you did you like the voice actors for uh Hoppy and Hopper? Yeah, um <laughs> sorry, I banged my mic so I was waiting for the waveform to stabilize before oh, no I answered. Um yeah, I was listening for a second and then I wrote down, are those Pearl and Amethyst voice <laughs> actors just like swapped on the the character archetypes? Yes. I Pearl um, like uh Didi is so much 
so doing such a different line read than her usual by comparison to the um, yeah. oh crap who's our amethyst's voice actor uh bleh. um do 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 michelle uh michaela Michaela deets yeah michaela deets um right that's michaela this is you pronounce this Michaela, right? I would pronounce it Michaela. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Michaela Dietz, uh, like Dee Dee is doing like a much different line read than her usual line read. It's easier to tell with Michaela because uh, Michaela doesn't like modulate her voice as aggressively. Um, mm-hmm. But Dee Dee knows exactly what she's fucking going for with that voice. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, so Hopper, Hopper's that frog from Chrono Trigger, right? Uh, I don't know, because, like, frog is a very knightly character, from what I I'm, recall. I'm talking about, so like, I don't... look-wise. No, I get more Karopi vibes off of uh, Hopper. K-E-R-O-P. I don't remember if it's two P's or one P. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, like, kind of, if Caro, like, I get, I get what you're saying. What, it's kind of like, what if Caro, wait, is there a frog member of the Ginyu Force? I don't think so. There is. There's kind of a frog-shaped guy. Ah, he's way different looking. Uh, yeah, because she's got kind of Saiyan armor. Hopper does. Yeah. I don't know. I got Chrono Trigger vibes from, from Hopper. Um, Mostly because that's just where my brain went initially. Uh, Hoppy is, is Yusagi Yojimbo. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. So I promised you my Yosagi Yojimbo story. So when I was a child, um, I very much liked, I didn't actually, I liked the Ninja Turtles, but I never watched, I cannot tell you a single episode of the Ninja Turtles. I just loved the toys, not like the normal Ninja Turtles. I just loved all the weird ones. It may be, that affinity mm-hmm. may be born out of being a poor kid and all the weird ones ending up in the um, the bargain bin. So those are the only ones that I had. Uh, but to this day, I only buy weird variants of action figures. <laughs> um, but I also really, really liked Yosagi, Oje- Yosagi Ojimbo, um, whose name I could not pronounce. Uh, and... They had issued at the time. They had just issued a toy of you, uh, Usagi Ojimbo. Actually, I don't know if they had just issued the toy. I had seen the toy. <laughs> um, so we were in the mall, uh, and uh, I do this to this day. If you go to a store with me and you turn and you you turn away from me at any point in time, I'm gonna get distracted and wander off. <laughs> it's just let. Yeah, that yeah it's less scary now because I'm an adult with a cell phone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just wander off because I get distracted. I want to go look at something. Um, 
Where the fuck am I going to go? I'm in the store, right? Uh, so. Lord. Uh, so we were in the mall. I, I've done this since I was a child, though. And when I was like six years old, it's a lot scarier when I just disappear. Uh, so we're in the mall and my mother is purchasing, you know, those little leashes you put on kids. Yes, my parents uh, had one for me that had Big Bird on it, which was how I tolerated it, because I liked wearing Big Bird. Mine, the one my mother was getting me just went around our wrists, so it was like my mother was handcuffing us to her. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the kind I had, but it had a Big Bird head oh. on it. Like, you know, it just had like a big puff ball with like a felt beak on it and googly eyes and it was big bird interesting mine was very plain i think i don't know we were in the store my mother was purchasing them she put one on my brother turned around i'm gone (laughs) 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 and so i had wandered like three stores down to the toy store because i wanted this fucking samurai rabbit motherfucker (laughs) Uh Uh, and so they looked for me for like 30 minutes uh, and then I don't know why they didn't just immediately go to the toy store. Um, but, you know, whatever. My mother was panicking, uh, justifiably so, because I had wandered the fuck off. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it was uh, it was just because I wanted the samurai rabbit. My mother was very relieved when she found me and bought me the samurai rabbit. Uh I'm Cute. sure I still have it somewhere. The only one of those Ninja Turtles I lost was the mummy, Raphael, that I accidentally melted. Oh, no. Well, it was like a glow-in-the-dark one, mm-hmm. and I put it on the light bulb to charge it, not uh, being a child and not understanding, like, inde- incandescent bulbs generate a majillion degrees of heat. Mm-hmm. And I melted the Ninja Turtle to the light bulb, so. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. I like Yosaki Yojimbo. That's that's fair. Yep. Uh, I love that they just put... Obviously, like, I love... This is, like, just fucking them being, like, the most anime that they possibly can be. They're like... They, they wrote them a check. They're like, you get one episode where you can be Weeboos. Yeah. A- and they just were like... <gasps> they just cashed their golden ticket <laughs> on this episode. Yeah, it's uh, very good. My next note is, um, uh, well, okay, first of all, it's just like the, the whole onion thing, like magical onion or ancient onion or something like that. Power, power just, onion. Yeah, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but uh, is this Journey to the West? I feel like this is Journey to the West. Maybe, but also lots of things are Journey to the West. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Sorry. No worries. Uh, Also, a thing I love about this is it feels like, even though there is no overarching narrator, the way that the episode is written, the way everybody talks, the way the action happens, feels like Steven telling the story. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. it's, It's really good. Um... I like that Garden's like, no, no, Steven's not ready to know that I have animal friends. Steven, who has an animal friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What was my... I actually have, like, hardly any notes for this. Um, so... Yeah, I, I oh, noticed Oh, I love that, that the fox man is Glars. 
Yes. Um, and also the Fox is on Tumblr. Like that's 100% the mobile Tumblr dash at the time. Uh, what? Wait. It looks like the Tumblr dash. Wait, when did Tumblr start? Tumblr had to have started by the time Steven Universe started. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, no, so the fox man is scrolling on his phone mindlessly, and that looks like the fucking mobile Tumblr dash. Oh, I thought you meant the fox man was on the physical Tumblr dash. Like, no. was, like, some kind of reference to no, Tumblr. No, 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 I'm like, I know that, like, I'm like, I don't think Tumblr ever embraced furries that hard. No. Like... Okay, but yeah, okay, so okay, okay, yes, yes, he's on yes. Tumblr. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, what? Uh but yeah, he's definitely on Tumblr, which makes sense, frankly, for the crewverse, yes. because they would also be like heavily and on Tumblr. Also, Lars is a shitty trans teenage boy being on Tumblr tracks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh. Um Steven's seen Lars looking at Tumblr. Yeah. One hundred percent. Um, Garnet with her jumpsuit tied around her waist is a lot. It's yep. uh, very good. Uh, the train, like the 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 way the animation shifts in the training montage to be more detailed, oh, it's so good and interesting is like ah uh, yes, a show uh written by a, like a bunch of queers. It's so good. Uh, I. Her power level's going up by 10 every bunch. God. And then the, the I love how the tablet breaks and then reforms because Steven forgot that he broke the tablet earlier in the yes. story. Like, because that's why it comes back, like, as the joke. Like, I'm like, oh, this show is, this episode is great. Just, like, them just, like, stunting on motherfuckers. Like, oh, you want to, oh, oh, you think some of our other episodes are filler. We're going to give you the best written filler episode of any show. Except for the time that Goku learned how to drive. Second best episode of filler. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very good. Oh my gosh. Um, um, the weighted, weighted hair. hair. The fucking weighted hair. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, it's, I love, I love weighted clothing as a fucking anime trope. Um, the, cause like, obviously Dragon Ball Z, right? But like my favorite, honestly, I think my favorite instance of it is like Rock Lee and fucking yes. Naruto. Because like, because it starts off as a joke, and then he fucking, like, like they're making a reference to Dragon Ball Z, and then they turn it into this, like, oh, wait, no, for real. <laughs> Rock Lee becomes a goddamn nightmare when he takes off his, like, 800-pound clothing. Listen, Rock Lee's a good character, and I will hear nothing to the contrary. I'm not saying Rock Lee's a bad character. I'm just saying that's maybe my favorite instance of, like, the weighted clothing trope. Yeah, it, mostly because that fight scene is also dope. Oh, as fuck. it's so sick! Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. Ah, uh, I can't go back to my Naruto days. We have to move on. <laughs> I just wish Naruto was a. I'm gonna get heat for this, but I wish Naruto was a better show. Yeah, I wish I, wish I liked Naruto. Like, if Naruto had, if I had been the age I watched Dragon Ball Z at when Naruto came out, obviously I would be all fucking about Naruto. Uh, cause there's, you know, 
structurally speaking, Naruto is very similar. Yes. Obviously, because Naruto is a shonen action show, and Dragon Ball Z is literally the shonen action show. Yeah. Um, but I can go back, and it may be nostalgia that allows me to go back and watch Dragon Ball Z, but I don't... I don't necessarily think that it uses its structure as well as DBZ does, and so it's less compelling for me to watch. So the there are a couple of problems here. The first problem is the show caught up with the manga really early on, right. and it kept catching up, so they had like huge swaths of filler to allow for the manga to get ahead again. Um, I mean, so- in its defense, Dragon Ball Z does the same thing. I'm I I'm pretty sure I looked it up and I think I think Naruto did it more frequently. Rob almost certainly like, because Toriyama wrote like a fucking machine. <laughs> yeah. The other problem is Kishimoto just wrote a bunch of checks he could not cash. There is a lot of interesting setup that he did that he fell completely flat on the execution with which just makes it very disappointing because the stuff that was set up, especially with a lot of the character stuff in the world building, was so fucking choice. And then he had to go fall flat on his face using a bunch of really tired old tropes to try to figure out where to go from there. Right. And it's like, it, it, it doesn't tell quite, like, the super tight... Because, like, Dragon Ball Z has, like, really tight arcs that kind of flow into each other from broad story standpoints. And usually the filler comes between those big tight arcs. So you can kind of watch the tight arc, skip the filler, go to another tight arc. Because I frankly, that's probably what a lot of people who watch Dragon Ball Z did when you watched it on like DVD or tape or, you know, when you torrented or whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. you watch... The you watch the Saiyan arc and then into the Frieza arc and then into the you know the the androids and Cell arc and you can kind of skip the shit that happened in between those uh, because once they hit Namek it's not like the fucking gas pedal never lets off um, but uh, but yeah like Naruto would did the modern anime thing of where they just splice in the fucking filler episodes in the middle of the storyline, which grinds your storytelling to a halt. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess that's, this is our hot takes about Naruto in Dragon Ball Z. Listen, I just, <laughs> from a button from two 30 year old gays. Like I just, I really wish that there were a good shonen anime that had like a lot of good lady characters who didn't get sidelined and like was gay. I just, I want, I want Dragon Ball Z, but Goku and Vegeta are ladies who kiss. I want Mob Psycho, but Mob is a trans girl. Like, give me this shit, please. I'm begging you. Uh, If you have good suggestions for, like, a shounen anime that does this, or is a good shounen anime, frankly, in er, the the broadest sense of the word anime. Yes. (laughs) Um... Give us that thing. Please. Uh, the, um, also go watch or go listen to the podcast. It's wrapped up. Never, never believe it. It's Riley Hopkins's podcast where they review only the filler episodes of Naruto. Oh my God. 
It's like a Dadaist audio collage. God, that sounds fucking amazing. Um, so yeah. Uh... So yeah, the rest of this episode happens. the the weighted clo- the weighted hair, Garnet going Super Saiyan and getting new hair. Uh, it's very good. It's so so good. Like this is a good episode. Nothing nothing happens in it, but it's a good episode. It's 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 good. It's cute. It's pure. It's a fun look into how Steven perceives one of his moms. It's just mm-hmm. oh my gosh. I love it. I do find it weird they don't end on a star wipe. Yeah, that is really weird. Maybe it's because they're trying, like, they're staying with the, like, the anime aesthetic. Yeah. Um, could be. Because, like, oh, you know what, that, I bet it's, like, a cut to black cowboy bebop reference. Mmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably what's going on there. Yeah. Or some kind of similar. I'm sure other anime do that, but Cowboy Bebop's the one that's, that jumps to my head. Um, uh, yeah, that that's all I got. It's it's a cute, cute fucking episode. I I enjoyed that. Like, fuck off, people who don't enjoy this episode. It's adorable. <laughs> Appar- so you know that Korean symbol that appears in the background while Garnet's training? Mm-hmm. Uh, it apparently translates to beautiful or beautiful woman. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, it's not wrong. Like, the Kroonoverse knows what they're about, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also liked how uh, when the Steven narration at the end happened, it's just Zach using his regular voice. Yeah. I did and notice then that immediately too. jumping up to to be Stephen again. Mm-hmm. Ah ha ha ha! Uh, cultural references. Uh, Hopper resembles Frog from Chrono Trigger. The wiki the wiki vindicates me. Okay, like that's just not that's <laughs> nice. just not a poll I would have had. But I guess it's just because of like that's not the character archetype I associate with Frog necessarily. Yeah, that's true. So. Um, but. It's also not really like the calm, collected thing is not you actually Usagi Yojimbo either. Yeah, uh, but I peep that's a less known character. Um, apparently, the ending of the episode, like the cut to black thing, resembles the ending of Pokemon. Ah, anime, which makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. Uh, that's it. Uh, next week, not uh, whatever. Fuck it. Next week, uh, we'll have a guest. Hopefully, <laughs> um, we'll see. Um, but next week we will be covering uh, episodes thirty four, thirty five, and thirty six. Um, Watermelon Steven, Lion Three, Straight to Video, and Warped Tour. Uh, get prepared to cry next week, y'all. Oh boy! Lion Three Straight to Video will make uh, me cry. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it makes me cry. Um, also, we get to see an evolution of Steven's powers. Uh, oh, and uh, we get our first hints at uh, 
the the coming doom. <laughs> Peace. Fun times. Fun, fun times. Fun fucking times, yo. So we continue to barrel toward the end of this season. Uh, alrighty. Well, um, I guess that's that is it. Uh, yeah. Who who did our outro last time? It was me. So it's you this yep. time. Yep. Yep. All right. Okay. I almost said all right, every pony, but I know you'd kill me, so I I didn't actually do it, but. I thought about it really hard. <laughs> um, all right, everybody. Remember, be like Cookie Cat and leave your family behind. Peace. Peace.